Welcome to another episode of Inside Golden State Politics. I'm Bill Boyarski, the former city editor and columnist for the Los Angeles Times. And I'm Sherry Bebich Jeffy, political analyst and self-styled media maven, coming to you from the new normal. Be forewarned, folks, the traffic, at least in L.A., is worse than before the pandemic arrived. Water levels throughout the West are dangerously low, but prices are climbing higher. And it sure looks to me, anyway, like our social skills have gone really rusty. But for me, I have to admit there is some excitement mixed in with that angst. So welcome to Our New Tomorrow. Over to you, Bill. Well, Sherry, it's quite a year. Never again. Sacri- Never of, again. Of sacrifice. Who knows? Of sacrifice <laughs> and, and challenges. Here we are, possibly, just possibly at the end of it. And to me, there are two questions that we ought to think about. Okay. One is how did California do? How did we Californians do in this great crisis that some have compared to a war? And how did Governor Gavin Newsom do, uh, the head of the state during this whole thing? How did he do? I've got a couple of thoughts on it. Go ahead. Then I'll ask you yours. I thought California did pretty well. I mean, you know, this this was a real sacrifice to ask people to close their businesses, to close their stores, to stay at home, to cut off social relations ships, if they were a large percentage of the population, to go to work under dangerous conditions, working two or three jobs. But still, people sort of plugged ahead and and did it. And I think with uh, all the dissent, I think California did pretty well. How did Governor Newsom do? Well, at the beginning, you know, he uh, had this unfortunate incident of going out to dinner (laughs) at this uh, French laundry restaurant up in Napa. And I I, at the time, I wondered, one, uh, it, it was hosted by a lobbyist. I was wondered, one, didn't he have any regular friends who weren't lobbyists? Oh. And two, hasn't he ever heard of eating dinner at home? But he survived He survived that pretty much in the back. What is pretty much in the back, my dear? We, it's The French laundry dinner may not be, de, de, will, won't be decisive, faster. I don't think. Finally, he grabbed hold of the situation. He was in charge of the state during these restrictions on, restrictions off. Finally, the um, vaccinations took hold. California has the largest number of fully vaccinated people in the country numerically and uh, is up against New York for uh, the percentage of those fully vaccinated. The rates of uh, infection and sickness have gone down. And he was able to celebrate it in a way that uh, some people felt was foolish, but others thought was lovable over And at, I want to talk about that because I'm one of the ones who thinks you, that it diminished. I know, and I know, Sherry, you, you don't know what fun is. Anyway, he oh, goes over to whoa. Universal. He goes oh, over to Universal City you, boy, and gives oh. out millions of dollars oh. to lottery winners, celebrates, and people celebrated with him. I thought so it was. Uh, I thought it was minions. quite. I thought it was sort of a kick, and uh, 
And a plus oh, please. one. Obviously, oh, please. <laughs> obviously, my spoil sport uh, colleague doesn't think so. Sherry? Bah humbug, Boyarski. Well, I can't say I agree with you on the wonderfulness of Gavin Newsom's celebratory reopening. I really do think it sort of diminished him and it really diminish the office of the governorship, but that's another story. And I know we're not going to get into that very much today, or I'm going to break through the computer screen and strangle you. But with only a few blips, and we did have a few blips, as did the governor, I thought the state performed well. I think you're absolutely right about the people who went to work, the first responders, everyone who really stepped up and got serious about this. Uh, let us not forget that we did have a, a, at one time or another a fairly vocal anti-vax movement, and I certainly disagree with that. I think it is not helpful. It is not good behavior on the part of the state citizens, and I'm probably going to get killed on Twitter. But uh, I think that was a problem. I also think that uh, obviously something more serious than the French Laundry event uh, really was a problem for uh, Newsom in the beginning, and that was that he may have reopened the state. Even though we were the first state to lock down fully, he may have reopened the first time a bit too soon. And that, coupled with the French Laundry, uh, was not good news for the governor, for his approval rating, better news for the proponents of the recall, who, after the French Laundry incident, Got the went on to get the signatures that they needed to qualify the recall for a special election. If I were to grade the governor, I think I'd be stuck on maybe a B plus. He might have gotten an A minus or even a an A if he hadn't engaged in the French laundry incident and if he didn't go dancing with the minions and the trolls that he went dancing with while he was playing game show host, spreading largesse throughout the state. But that's just me. Neither of us got the largesse. That's why we're... Not that I know of. I mean, I'll go out and look at my mail to see if I got the letter, but I sincerely doubt it. Although four persons from L.A. County were among those who did get the largesse. Just not us. When is this recall election going to be? That's a very good question, Bill. Nobody knows. I mean, literally nobody knows because there's a series of steps, a timeline, which must go through. And we are not yet at that point where the Secretary of State can announce that all is certified and she will tell the lieutenant governor that the election may be scheduled and then the lieutenant governor can announce a date 60 to 80 days after it's certified, the, the recall is certified for the ballot. Now, right now, it used to be that the betting was it would happen in and around early November. Now, there seems to be a push on the part of the Democrats, which is almost everybody in the legislature these days, in Sacramento to condense that timeline. So as soon as the next step is done, they could sort of speed up the rest of the steps. 
having the funding called for, having the legislature uh, review the funding and getting it on the ballot as soon as possible. And of course, the lieutenant governor is a Democrat and she will do what she can if the decision needs to speed up the timeline, to speed up the timeline. State Senator Steve Glazer, who is the chair of the Senate Elections Committee, argued that they ought to do it in August if they can do it. And he says they can do it in August because the sooner the better, he says, for the governor, less risk involved that something could go radically wrong. The local election officials say, uh-uh, we can't possibly be ready to go by the end of August. It's going to be a stretch, but we might could do it by middle September. So now we're talking basically about the first to middle part of September. And that's all we know. But there is absolutely no firm date on the horizon, at least not to, not this time today. You know, the governor has been campaigning nonstop for vaccinations, before that for testing, urging people to be vaccinated, going all over the state, going to vaccination sites, identifying himself with this. It looks like it is a full-scale campaign. And uh, with things going okay, probably is very good for him to have it sooner rather than later. There's disagreement even among his own allies on that. I mean, I would say that if you can uh, minimize the risk of something going wrong, uh, a forest fire, shall we say, a high, you know, a wildfire because of the, the heat, um, a goof by the governor himself, equivalent to the French laundry incident, um, something that he could not control. Let's do it tightly, I would say. Do it in August. But there are those who argue that um, it gives him more time to turn around public perception. It gives him more time to raise money. However, I would argue that right now he's outraged raising any of his opponents, and he will continue to do so, no matter how far away the election is. And in fact, if the election were in August, his opponents would have less time to raise money. They would have less time to try to get themselves known by the public. If we went to to September, more Republicans could look around, get organized, and sign on as a recall replacement candidate. Um, To refresh the memory of our our fans, (laughs) if the recall is defeated in that election whenever it is held, that's it. There'll be no election. It's all over. And if the governor loses the recall election, in other words, if in the majority words, not, wait, of Californians... Don't forget, he's not on the ballot. He's not, he's not on the ballot. But if the a majority of Californians support the recall, yes on the recall, uh, he's off the ballot. And that leaves it up to a list of opponents. Correct. Around 40 or so now, I think. Many opponents. Well, we don't have to. Uh, we don't have enough time to mention them all. <laughs> Hallelujah! In this, in this <laughs> but with all of the attention on COVID, on the pandemic, on the vaccinations, and on the way the governor himself has sort of absorbed all the oxygen, which is good for him, not much attention has been paid 
to his opponents. And, you know, with a volatile electorate polling being fairly inaccurate, if that election were held... Why do you say polling inaccurate? I wouldn't pick a winner. Well, I don't know at this point, really, really. I mean, the way things have been going in politics uh, on the national level, I certainly wouldn't pick a winner. This state is so much a Democratic state, so much a one party state that I think that, the you know, if the the Democrats can be turned out and and be loyal, I don't see that the recall is going to pass. It's a big if. It is a big if. But the arithmetic is not there today to say that you can't pick a likely winner. And I think the likely winner today is Gavin Newsom. Okay, here's my long shot bet. All righty. Okay, long shot bet. The recall wins. That opens it up to the contenders in my long, long shot bet. The winner would be the former mayor of San Diego, Republican Kevin Balkner. Uh-huh. Is that crazy or brilliant? No. It's not brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> not not crazy, not brilliant. Here's here is Kevin Faulkner's Achilles heel. In 2016, he is he is a Republican. He is a more moderate Republican than the Republicans who rule on the national level. He has been able to put together coalitions with independents, moderate Republicans, some Democrats to have won his election as mayor of San Diego. But in 2020, he voted for Donald Trump in the presidential election. He's been making the rounds of conservative talk shows, conservative gatherings within the Republican Party. Boy, I mean, if I were doing the Democrats media, I'd knock him around on his embrace of Donald Trump. I would partisanize the election as much as I could. I just hang Donald Trump around Faulkner's neck and I don't think he makes it in California, if that's the case. If the recall wins, the governor, mm. the governor's off the ballot. He can't run, right? Correct. If he's if if the recall wins, he's out the following day, basically. He's out the following day, right? So there'd be have to be some other Democrat getting in there to uh, to run against all these Republicans. Well, you're, you know that's another topic under heated debate within the Democratic Party. I think that the, that the decision has been made that the heavyweight Democrats are going to stay out of it. You may recall that, uh, well, the lieutenant governor has already said she will not for the replacement ballot. Remember in 2003, when uh, there was a recall filed against governor, Democratic Governor Gray Davis, After saying he wouldn't file against the governor, the lieutenant governor, Cruz Bustamante, also a Democrat, filed. And he disappeared. (laughs) He's nowhere. And And he's still nowhere. Exactly. And I think that 
there had been some buzz about Antonio Villaraigosa, the former Speaker of the Assembly, the former mayor of Los Angeles, filing as a Democrat in the replacement election. But I don't think that's going to fly. I think he's gotten the message that, you know, if he wants to remain a mover and a shaker, if he wants to um, continue to be friends with the Repub- with the Democrats, with the business community, with labor, he'll just sit this one out. And I, he hasn't said flat out no that I know of, but he certainly hasn't said yes. And we certainly haven't heard from him about this. You know, Sherry, this celebration or sort of celebration of the uh, sort of end of the pandemic (laughs) hasn't been uh, without its negatives. I mean, there's been a lot of bad things happen. We talked briefly about uh, how the pandemic showed this terrible disparity in wealth and health among among California, especially African-Americans and Latinos were hard hit. All of the workers in markets and warehouses and all of that who had to go to work every day were hard hit. But there seems to be some evidence of this pandemic brought out the worst in the behavior of a lot of people. Some and some the best. That's some the best. Yeah. I wouldn't call this bad behavior more. I'd call it criminal behavior. But there's been an increase in gun violence, right? Correct. Mass, there have yes. been mass mass shootings. Gun purchases have skyrocketed. Gun purchases have skyrocketed. An increase in suicides, too, I think. Yes, and there's been an increase in suicides. There's been a, an increase in bad behavior. Here, here. On, in, on, in air travel. Here, both at the airport and on the plane. And, uh, you know, I read an interesting piece by a, a blogger who's a uh, former flight attendant. And she pointed out the airports are much more crowded now than they were. And oh, really? there are fewer people to help you. There are fewer TSA people. The airlines have fewer people at the counter. The restaurants, the bars have fewer people. And so you get to the airport and you're right away angry and you've been angry because you've been you've been cooped up for a year that does have a psychological effect and then you get on the psychological effect that this pandemic has had you get on the plane and uh, order up it on the plane no alcohol on some airlines have banned alcohol uh yeah southwest american a couple others and so there's been these instances of really bad behavior of a of a flight attendant got two teeth knocked out by a, a woman who punched her uh, just generally bad behavior planes being turned back planes being grounded what caused it i mean you've been cooped up for a year uh, but I've i had, have two. i've had a dog to help me get through it right. i mean you've i compare a- listen i compare myself to tom hanks in the castaway and my dog kennedy is my Wilson, the basketball, who became Tom Hanks' constant companion. Kennedy and I have had some very deep and serious and enjoyable discussions, but that's me. That's not everybody. Well, I'm fortunate. I have a I have a, a wonderful a wife, wife and, and some cats, <laughs> and I have two cats who are very supportive of of, of us during this time. There you go. Um, I notice behave, my own behavior has been a little strange. Like when it 
became time to leave the house, you mm-hmm. know, go to Ralph's. It seemed sort of nerve-wracking or strange to do a to really? do a task that I had never thought of before, you know, pre-pandemic. To go to the doctor after a year seemed incredibly complicated. I worried about getting there. And that's just one person. It's basically two. Uh, include me, please. Yeah, it, you have that. And so, yeah. you know, if a person is sort of on the edge anyway, you know, I could see how this how this happens. Well, it, it, it's more than, it, you know, there are so many factors involved. Social isolation has taken its toll. I think there's been an uptick in mental health questions, lots of depression, there's anxiety, things. We never believed that we would see anything like this. And that created a grave uncertainty for all of us. We still don't know whether this is the end of the pandemic or will a variant come about which will cause another increase in cases, in deaths, in hospitalizations. There's no guarantee that we will never see this again. In fact, I think it's with us for the duration of our existence, by and large. Um, This is really a new normal, but I don't know what the definition of normal is anymore. Before we go, I'd like to get back to guns. We talked about this during the week. Everybody has a solution uh, Uh to the proliferation of gun problems. I don't think there is one. What do you think? Is this this one of society's insoluble problems? Isn't the list getting so much longer than we ever thought it could? Yeah, it is, by and large, I think, insoluble. I don't think any, there is no, you should excuse the pun, silver bullet to deal with gun violence, to uh, implement effective gun control. It doesn't mean we shouldn't try. It doesn't mean we shouldn't decrease the probability that this will become a crisis. Um, But I could not write the legislation that would guarantee an effective means of gun control. First of all, you can't do it on the state level. California has the strictest gun control laws in the country, although the foundation of that, the Roberti Roos bill has now been uh, declared unconstitutional by uh, an appeals court and will go up to the Supreme Court. But we, we still have the problem of gun violence. We are still among those states that have been featured on CNN, on Fox, on MSNBC, as having a lot of gun violence. I don't know. I mean, and can the feds do it? Can the feds enforce it? Can Can the feds make gun laws uniform across the board? I am not an attorney. I'm certainly not a constitutional attorney, but I think that's not going to happen. I don't political think political reasons and legalities. Um, I don't think so either, you know. And then the other thing, Sherry, it's not a very far drive over to Arizona. Exactly. You can buy guns all, all you want. And you can also send in for gun parts and make ghost guns in ghost your own, guns. In your own you house. How do you regulate ghost guns? I mean, 
it's ironic. It really is. Um, I mean, sort of the same kind of debate is now pretty much visible with regard to all of the restrictions we've had placed upon us during the pandemic. And are there going to be more restrictions or less restrictions? Do you, when you're going to argue whether or not you're going to wear a mask or not, not wear a mask and you can't get a decent answer from anybody, just imagine what it must be like with regard to try to do something about gun violence and gun control. That is a great comparison. Sherry, we'll, uh, we'll talk again uh, next week. Be sure Until will. Until then, here's Cheers. to you. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.